Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, are you ready to elevate your personal brand or company? Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for video content and audience building. Imagine growing your brand organically on social media without the hassle of editing videos for hours. With Viral Growth, it's a breeze. They handle the brainstorming, scripting, and editing while you simply just hit record. And don't worry about your niche. They cater to everyone, from business and marketing to health and wellness. Are you ready to make waves in the social media realm? Visit viralgrowth.io and use code ADWEEK, that's A-D-W-E-E-K, all lowercase, and get 10% off your plan. What keeps me going, it is exactly what you said, Sarah. It's about the consumer. It's about making sure that the journeys we're mapping are consumer-centric at their core. How we do that, right, with the data we use and the methods of contact and touchpoint planning, that's our job. But it keeps me going when I think about the journeys our consumers are on and how we help them discover, engage, and close the loop on those journeys. And when you can ground yourself there, everything else becomes a little bit easier. And that's really important. So I think Colgate's done an amazing job of really looking at people journeys, touchpoint mapping across key categories, and really making sure we're going to be where the consumer needs us to be. Welcome to today's episode of Brave Commerce. I'm Rachel Tippograph, the founder and CEO of Micmac. I'm Sarah Hofsetter, president of Profitero. And this is a show that talks about what's relevant in e-commerce for the world's biggest brands. Sarah, welcome back from summer break. How was Spain? Spain was exceptional and not very busy, no surprise. Lots of masks, much more masking there than masking here. My vacation in Spain is nothing compared to what you've been up to, my friend. Which is? Mazel tov! Oh, thank you. Do I have to start singing Havana Gila now? <laughs> um, only if you want. Uh, no, I don't. Thank you so much. Super excited. Sammy and I were officially engaged. So exciting. Pictures are gorgeous. Thank you. Well, sorry to all of our listeners. We know that there's been a slight pause the past few weeks, but Sarah and I were enjoying life and we hope you were too. And hopefully you got some Brave Commerce episodes in. We got some really good ones over the course of the summer. And it was a great opportunity to catch up. Nestle, AB InBev, the JM Smucker Company. And then today we're kind of going full circle. Tell me more, my friend. We have Brigitte King coming on. Chief Digital Officer of Colgate Palmolive. But if anyone is following what's going on over there, they are literally building the digital e-com mafia. I am just blown away by the talent that is heading over there. I think what happened is Brigitte got a list of Brave Commerce former guests. <laughs> yeah. She just went down the episode list and said, I'd like her. I'd like her. And there we go. No, it's amazing. You know, Diana, who is at Campbell's, is now over at Colgate. Sarabi, who is at J&J, is now over at Colgate. There may be more. There may be more. Tune in next episode. 
But no, it's it's phenomenal to have Brigitte leading the way there because not only is she an expert and honestly a pioneer in this industry, but she also is just an incredible leader. Her approach both to mentorship, to education, to leading by example, and just her ability to deal with situational awareness in action is remarkable. Well, I don't want to give it all away, but folks, you should have your notepad out while you're listening to this episode because Brigitte goes through some amazing leadership frameworks. So on that note, let's bring her on to the show. Brigitte, thank you so much for joining us today. We are thrilled to have you. Same. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Rachel. I'm excited to talk to you today. This is going to be a fun one because you have an incredibly important role in your perch at Colgate Palmolive, your remit is around making sure that the company in totality is accelerating in digital. So how does a traditional company like Colgate Palmolive pivot to accelerate there? So great question. And, you know, I'm thrilled to be at Colgate Palmolive. I think that it's an incredibly forward-thinking company. And like any big CPG or traditional firm, if you will, I think everybody's challenged today with What does digital mean for the future of the company? How do you do digital transformation in a company of that size and complexity? And most companies are facing that head on. Colgate's one of those. So I feel very privileged to be part of that organization and transformation. And in that advent of challenge ahead of us, they've just been super open-minded. I call it an amazing open to listen about what we need to do and how we need to do it. And a lot of really excited people to get it done. You must have an amazing hiring process because over the last year, I feel like you've attracted some of the greatest e-com minds that Sarah and I know. I'm starting to call your team the e-com mafia, which is just awesome. (laughs) From our perspective, to be successful in this industry, whether it's digital or it's e-commerce or it's marketing, supply chain, et cetera, you really have to have a growth mindset. And historically, alluding to what you were talking about with behemoth CPG companies that hasn't always been the story. It seems like, especially with your team, if we had to think about this connective tissue, it's this theme that everyone has curiosity. How do you teach someone to be curious? Or do you feel like that can't be taught and you have to look for it in the interview process? Because you've nailed it and your team and you know other people want to emulate what you're building. Look, I think Thanks for saying that about the team. It's been definitely a a strong year of recruiting, and I feel privileged to have a lot of the people on the team that we do. And, you know, it's e-com plus media, plus digital marketing, plus digital analytics. So it's been a lot of plus, plus, plus across the spectrum of great talent we've been able to bring into the organization. So to answer your question about curiosity, yes, of course, it's a skill I look for, right? In any interview process, I'm looking for that as well. But I will say this to you, working with a lot of marketers and people who've been in companies with long tenures, it's also something that you can groom. I do think that you have to have somewhat of an interest level, right? I can't force that into anybody, but I do think you can groom it. I'll give you a very easy example. One of the things my team does now is we publish a monthly newsletter about all news, digital and e-com related. And you know what happens? A lot of the organization reads it to learn, to start to feel more comfortable with the space and to feel just as up to speed as the whole team is on what's going on in the landscape in general. So small things like that almost embed curiosity and make it easy for people to be curious. 
But then, of course, there's what you're talking about, Rachel, which is true curiosity, right? The kinds of things that are game changers that create new connectivity of dots in information to think about how do we overcome this challenge or how do we think about the business model in a new way. And that probably is harder to teach, but I always am optimistic and think it's about role modeling and really letting people know what great looks like. How do you sniff that out in the interview process? I mean, there's a couple of ways. I do my research on some of the candidates I'm meeting before I meet them. Mm. A lot of it has to do with just the basic questions around things that aren't necessarily in the space, but examples of where they've been curious before in their life, right? Whether it be business or personal, like what has been one of the challenges and how have you overcome it? Mm. It's a lot about critical skill thinking that helps you understand if people are naturally curious about solving problems or not necessarily so. Kind of to go one level deeper on the newsletter concept, it's trying to make sure that you're getting people engaged in a way that is endemic to the organization. As you had moved into this role, as well as brought other people in, like, how have you identified what are the right levers to pull? Is it encouragement? Is it mandate? Is it immersion? Is it education? Like, how do you figure out what the best way to get that information almost like synthesized and into the battle rhythm of the company? So look, I think it's really important to be adaptable to the organization that you're in right? This is not a one-way street. It's always a two-way street. And so what I often coach my own team to do is be self-aware and be the expert you can be, but also do it in a way that the organization can absorb it. Wait, wait, wait. How do you teach self-awareness? That's a whole other podcast, Sarah. (laughs) We could spend a a whole other time on that. Look, it has to do with gentle coaching and sometimes firm coaching. You know, some people can't see what they can't see, myself included, and you always need feedback to understand if you're on the right path or not. So that's one of the ways I think you can, as a leader, help your team um, on that self-awareness mechanism. But I think the bigger lesson in all of this, having worked on pioneering digital spaces for companies at L'Oreal, be it for CRM, first time ever, or PVH, looking at how to drive D2C to to its next evolution, and at Colgate, all of those parts coming together, I think that it's really critical to be humble, to adapt to the organization you're in, to understand its culture, and then to drive the change within it. It does no one any good if the change gets rejected. So I just think there's so much on that IQ, EQ level that becomes mission critical for people to drive change within organizations, by the way, that have been extremely successful for years without you. One question to go, before we go off the education track, There's also regional considerations. You have a global role. How do you think about the unique nuances, both culturally, power distance, things like that? So one of the things I think I benefit from is Colgate is exceptionally strong regionally. So there has already been a very easy way of understanding that regions have their own unique criteria, their own unique systems, and you have to be able to globally adapt and customize where necessary. So what Colgate has always, I think, been able to do pretty well is manage the global regional decentralization, but do it for best efforts. Now, that doesn't mean you don't have the hard conversations about when decisions need to be made on an enterprise level for global efficiency or global efficacy. But I think that equally important, the global team is well accustomed 
to regional differences, respecting regional nuances, and being able to adapt and solve problems for regions on a non-global basis. Sarah, not ready to move off the education track quite yet. You know, Brigitte, it's clear that you've really honed your own personal leadership skills. And as you continue to groom sort of the next layer of talent through the organization, what do you think are the most important skills for this next generation of leaders? I think there are soft skills and hard skills. And I think you have to be able to balance both, right? The hard skills are the things that that we all talk about and obsess over constantly, right? Like what's happening in the landscape? What are we doing now that cookie data is going away? You know, how do you target better? How do you sell in new modes and platforms? Like you have to be really good at the hard skills and you have to pioneer yourself to stay current there. And that really is a skill. Like you have to spend the time, the energy beyond your day job to make sure you're really on the cusp of what's happening. But the soft skills are equally important. And I've learned that both the hard way and the soft way by either having really great bosses that I've watched and learned what to do and equally bosses where I've learned what not to do. And I think that you you grow through those experiences and the soft skills just have become radically more important, right? We're, we're all working virtually. I've built an incredible digital team of experts and a global digital ecosystem at Colgate, 100% virtually in a year. I think one of the the best compliments I got actually from one of our division presidents about a week ago when we were doing a check-in was him saying, you've built so much energy around this. That's energy from my dining room in Connecticut, like not not even my official home office. Mm -hmm. And it's an amazing compliment to me because it means that there's been an impact for change and energy across the organization to do great at this. And the people have really stepped up. So it's been it's been a very rewarding experience, but one where I think you have to remember they're both soft and hard skills to be good at it. Yeah. I mean, as an outsider just to your organization, I think one of the most incredible things is how you've been able to do this by mixing people who've been there for so long with brand new talent from the outside. It's just remarkable. Like I honestly haven't seen it been done before successfully. Thanks for saying that. I will tell you one of the things that I would tell you is I try to remember often what it's like when you don't know something. And I also came from a traditional marketing background. So I have a lot of humility for understanding this change and pivoting in your career. And that helps. But I also think there's a fundamental piece of this, right? Which is just called respect, Mm. respect for the people who have the tenure, no systems that, that you don't and respect for people who are bringing in all these new ideas. And yes, you have to balance the two. And as I said, create a lot of adaptability and flexibility among teams, right, to welcome in the new, but at the same time, respect the tenure of incredible business people who've built these brands for years. Of course, we all come from marketing backgrounds, so we have a lot of respect for that. But in addition to that, just being able to have the empathy, both for people that have different backgrounds, but also empathy for ultimately the consumer. There are a lot of people that are in this like global digital role that are thinking in bits and bytes. You're coming at it from the perspective of where's the intersection between the person buying my brand and my brand. And that's something that you're bringing to the table, regardless of where and how the pivot was coming from. That's incredibly important as we think through all of the things like data irrigation and cookie-less world and all that other stuff. 
you mentioned something really important there, right? We're looking at all that stuff and it's the area, I love the term data irrigation. That's a new (laughs) one for me, but it feels so right. As we're going through all this, what keeps me going, it is exactly what you said, Sarah. It's about the consumer. It's about making sure that the journeys we're mapping are consumer centric at their core. How we do that, right, with the data we use and the methods of contact and touchpoint planning, that's our job. But it keeps me going when I think about the journeys our consumers are on and how we help them discover, engage, and close the loop on those journeys. And when you can ground yourself there, everything else becomes a little bit easier. And that's really important. So I think Colgate's done an amazing job of really looking at people journeys, touchpoint mapping across key categories, and really making sure we're going to be where the consumer needs us to be. I always like connections planning. When I was back in marketing, I felt like that was where the rubber really met the road and it never really got nearly as much attention as either the big creative idea or the media plan. And I always felt like that was the whole thing. How do you bring the consumer along from initial, whether that ZMOT or what, all the way through to advocacy? It never really got nearly as much attention as some of the other stuff other than I guess the Jay Shied Awards, you don't really get a lot of awards for the planning and the connections planning. So <laughs> it's a great point. But to me, I love that stuff. I could I could live that stuff all day long. So just to shift, a lot of what you were talking about comes from your tenure at L'Oreal. Very different kind of company, very different kind of culture. How are you bringing your expertise in beauty to this company? And even from a cultural perspective, you know, you talked about what to do and what not to do whether that was at L'Oreal or from other bosses, do you have any interesting tidbits you'd feel comfortable sharing? And if not, that's cool too. I always talk about what not to learn. My parents are divorced and I'm still married. So I just say, I just watched what not to do. (laughs) Look, I think in any career, there's plenty of that that you can learn, right? What not to do and and what you should do. And some of that just comes from hard earned experience, right? Of, Of learning that along the paths. But I would say that one of the things I probably gained was I was a chief consumer officer at L'Oreal before this role. And so that consumer centricity and that importance of touchpoint planning and journey management, that, that absolutely was what I lived and breathed. And I don't see digital being in conflict to that. It's absolutely in complement to that. And what we just have to do today as modern marketers is make sure we're joining all of those dots, right? And using whether it be physical offline data or digital online data to make the journey the best it can be, right? Right place, right people, right time. That's really important work. And I would argue it's almost impossible to to do good marketing planning today without that. It's just gotten exponentially harder and more complicated. So I think being a chief consumer officer really helped the mindset shift of what has to happen and to think about it more broadly than just digital data for data's sake. You have to look at it holistically. The second thing I would say is L'Oreal has a pioneering spirit and they were always really trying new things on the cusp of digital transformation before it was a real thing. But I do remember how hard it was, right, to build e-com D2C platforms in a world where you had half of the organization saying it would be impossible to sell lipstick ever online. And so it's incredibly exciting for organizations to be pioneering in their spirit and to conquer down those territories and walls. And I think L'Oreal did a great job at that. Don't you just wish you had those meeting sound bites and then you could just go back to the person and say, told you so. Well, they are seared in my memory, clearly. (laughs) So I have that. But I think that one of the things also is just, you know, the kinds of standards of performance that are required in companies today, right? There are many companies that say, we're going to try this and we're going to get good at it. 
And when you put your mind to that, then you have some opportunity, right, to test and learn. But the real game is one in scaling solutions. And as you can see, there's many companies now that have gone down this trajectory. It's taken them years. I keep reminding people this is not a one-year transformation. It takes multiple years. You're talking about creating awareness on why you need to do it, creating skill and confidence on who you need to do it with, and then creating KPIs and measurement to measure how you're doing along that journey. And that's a multi-year venture. I love that framework. We could talk to you all day, but sadly, we, we've reached the final question and I can't wait to hear your answer. Brigitte, what's the bravest thing that you've ever done? Oh boy. There are probably quite a few things I could recount to you on a personal level, but I'll keep this one professional because you guys know I, I tend to stay on the business side of things in these podcasts. I've had to exercise bravery in my career and in my personal life a number of times. And I tell those stories sometimes to my two boys as they grow up and I talk to them about some of the, the challenges you face. I would say that probably the riskiest thing I ever did, and it was brave for me, was to move over 10, 15 years ago out of traditional marketing. So I said no to a very big global job heading up a brand with a circumstance where I wasn't really perfectly well positioned to say no. But I said no, because deep down, I felt like this wasn't the right path. And it wasn't where I was going to be curious enough to lean in, learn and grow. And that curiosity really did come up for me then. I'd been in a traditional kind of assignments for most of my career. I loved what I was doing, but I felt the need to change. And when I said no, it was rather destabilizing, right? I'm, I'm a person who comes from say yes, and also a person who takes my career seriously. So I didn't want to backstep in any way, but I said no. And that took a lot for me to do that. And what I also found was the company was equally shocked that I said no, but I said, thank you so much, but no, I want to be doing something really different. And you know what happened? It was like four to six weeks later, they came back to me and they said, would you like to pioneer this area for us? We don't know anything about it. We kind of think you could help. And I was like, I'm all in, let's try. And that was the beginning of probably a brave moment where I really didn't know how it was going to work out for me. And I ended up doing something that honestly reskilled, relearned, piqued my curiosity and set myself up probably for the next 20 years of what I'm passionate about doing. So lucky, but took some bravery to get there. I love that. And also good on this company for recognizing talent and how to retain and grow. Yeah. That's where I think I was lucky for sure. Yeah. It definitely brings us full circle on the whole curiosity thing. That's for sure. Yeah. Thank you guys. It's been lovely spending time with you as always. And always love listening to what you have to say as well. I'm learning a lot from you. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and Google Podcasts. And don't forget to share this link with a friend. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just the thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. 
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Jackie Cooper, Global Chief Brand Officer at Edelman and the host of Touch of True, a new podcast launching on the Adweek Podcast Network. My dad gave me this incredibly smart piece of advice. Meet everyone once. As a result, I've met some of the most fascinating and inspiring people on the planet. Now on Touch of Truth, we're coming centre stage and sharing the mic to experience stories of truth, insights and visions for the future that will challenge your way of thinking. Touch of Truth is available wherever you listen to podcasts. New episodes come out every Tuesday. I do hope to see you there.